Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of the Corazon Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Janice. And I'm Ray. What's going on, guys? Yes. And I'm super excited about this episode because we actually have a special guest on the show. Yes, we do. I our am, first guest. Yes, our first guest. And let me tell y'all, we are like pulling out the big guns here from the beginning, okay? We have Julia Estakolchik. She is the senior director of brand marketing and the head of brand at Chispa. Mm which is a dating app that is part of the Match Group. Right. So, you know, Match.com, the Match Group actually owns a bunch of different dating apps. And so Chispa is their latest project. And what I love about it is that it is the first and largest dating app that is catering specifically to Latinos. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I can't wait for y'all to tune into that part of the conversation is going to happen in the second half of the show. I wish I would have known about that. I know. I know. I asked her some good questions, though, so I have a feeling you're going to enjoy, you know, mm. kind of where the conversation goes. Nice. But what I wanted to talk about before we dive into the interview with um, Julia is dating in or out of the culture. Right. How has our <clears throat> mindsets, like, been formed around kind of what demographics of people will date? And so for me, I come from a very, very homogenous family right. in the sense that, like, Basically, everybody's married to a Puerto Rican, like Puerto Ricans <laughs> married to Puerto Rican. It's not even like a Puerto Rican and a Mexican, a Puerto Rican and a Dominican. Literally, everybody's fucking married to a Puerto Rican. <laughs> so for me, I was always just like, well, I'm obviously going to do the same thing. I love my culture. I love the, you know, just everything that it means to be Puerto Rican. That's obviously the culture that I was most influenced by. And so I, it was never a question for me if I was going to date outside of the Latin culture in general. My ex-husband was half Puerto Rican, half Colombian. My high school boyfriend was Cuban. And my college boyfriend was black and Puerto Rican. Mm. So there was always that element of Latinidad in um, the people that I dated. And that oh, was yeah. always very, very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so when I got back in the dating game in my late 30s, I wanted to 
find somebody Latino. Like that was on the top of my list. I'm like, they must be Latino. Set your settings to that, right? Literally when I downloaded the Hinge app and I created my profile and I did like a filtering, I filtered out for anything other than Latinos. I was like, he must be Latino. And you literally were the first option that came up on the algorithm. Damn. And the rest is history, as they say. Yes. But That's be- all she wrote. Before we met, I actually did download the Chispa <clears throat> app because I was looking for Latino men to date. And when you're like, you know, on traditional sites like Bumble and Tinder, whatever, it's kind of hard to find a specific ethnicity. Yeah. You know, sometimes the apps don't even have that as an option. And so I felt like I was just having to do like a lot of digging. I liked the Chispa app because it really like allows you to celebrate your culture. Like you could put the flags that you're repping. You can put things that you're into, like you're a coffee lover or cafecito lover or a bad bunny fan or, you know, reggaetonera. Like it has a lot of different elements that kind of allow you to really, really express your Latin culture and just like, you know how we are. We're all fucking extra. We are so extra about everything, right? We, we put the flags everywhere. Latinos are very proud. And so I really love that aspect of the, the app. But what my biggest issue was with it was that most of the people on there, and I don't know if this is just kind of a function of their marketing so far as a company, but most people were like Orlando, or Miami. Mm. I'm like, I'm not driving to Miami to go on a fucking date. I think that'll get better, like, the more popularity it picks up, you know? Yeah. Eventually, unfortunately, I guess, it'll end up being mainstream, like <clears throat> like Tinder, you know? And then Bumble became Tinder. Mm-hmm. Not literally, but, like, I went back on Bumble after, like, two and a half years, and I'm like, damn, this feels like, tw- like Tinder. Yeah, <clears> and that was so- the one thing I didn't want was, like, all the girls' descriptions to be their Instagram handle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just Snapchat. don't want that, you know? Oh, I never checked this app. DM me. And I'm like, you're just trying to get to 10,000 followers is all you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing is that they're actually going to be launching, like, a really big brand awareness campaign at the end of this month. Hell yeah. To really, like, get the population on the app uh, way more substantial and just, like, way more geographically dispersed. So, um, yeah. So, But long story short, Dating Latino has always been a must for me. It's just never been a thing that I'm like going to date outside the culture. How about for you? Yeah, for me, I mean, growing up in a small little mountain town in North Carolina, um, there was only a couple of other Puerto Rican people. Um, I'm surprised there was any. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was one chick. I won't say her name, but we met in middle school and uh, we were like we rode the same bus and we, you know, were both tan and, you know. <laughs> It was just, it was cool. And then her dad lived in Orlando and okay. she lived in, in North Carolina with her mom. So it was very similar to my situation, how I was growing up. You know, yeah. she would go to Florida and visit in the summers and stuff, just like I would. So we ended up hitting it off. And, and that was the, that was like my first serious girlfriend. So the first girl I ever dated was Puerto Rican. And we dated for like, God, maybe like six or eight months, which mm-hmm. in middle school is like half your fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well have been married at that point. But, um, and then after that, you know, it just, it was slim pickings, you know, to, to say it in a country way, but <laughs> slim pickings out there. I'm telling you. Um, and then, you know, when I, when I moved to Florida, I just kind of was like going about whatever I, I, I dated, um, another Puerto Rican chick, um, and then, a, a Dominican, a Dominican and something else chick and they were cool or whatever, but I don't know. And then I ended up getting with the Serbian and then, um, you and and my ex are both Puerto Rican. So Mm -hmm. I have three Puerto Ricans out of like 
you know, four or five people that I've actually dated seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty good. And then I think that the ratio between Latinas and like white is, is probably like 60, 40. Okay. Like in general. Yeah. Just in general. I've never hooked up with anybody of like of, of African descent, like a black person. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think they're beautiful. I just growing up in a small mountain town. Yeah, you're not going to have a lot of diversity Yeah, in if I grew up in a high school in Orlando, I probably would be with an Afro-Latina, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I grew up in an urban environment, so my school was definitely like majority-minority. There was Filipino kids and all types of Latinos and um, definitely folks from like the Caribbean, Haitian, Jamaican, a lot of different... I think white people were actually the minority in my high school. So mm -hmm. um, I do remember it just being very, very diverse. And so I definitely had the option to date like all types of... Um, in all types of ethnic groups, but I just always gravitated towards kind of my own culture. And I'm curious for you, like how important was it for you from like a life partner perspective to mm. share a culture, right? Cause it's one thing to like date around and whatever. It's just like, if you're not taking somebody seriously, like who fucking cares where they're from? Um, but was it important to you to be with like a Latina for the long run? Yeah, because I first noticed that I grew up going to pig roasts and family functions, you know, 60 80 people there's like the wood dance floor the china box is going crazy like you know dominoes obviously is on smash and so i grew up with all that you know always meeting new cousins always meeting distant titis that are from the island mm -hmm. that are up to visit for now and they're like i remember you and i'm like i don't remember you <laughs> but anyways you know you know how it goes so when yeah. i when i brought the, the the bosnian chick around um she's from a similar like that but like it's I mean, Eastern different. Europe is far from Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, but I meant like as far as like the family functions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, she liked it, but there was like, she was never going to make arroz con condoles. Mm. Like, it was never going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, so that right there was kind of like, and I didn't really like her culture. I didn't like the, not that I have anything wrong with it, but I didn't want to become like Muslim and I didn't want to, mm. <clears throat> I didn't want to go that route either. And their food is okay, but it ain't nothing like ours. You know what I mean? I'm trying to eat some pernil, like, God. Some empanadilla. But, um, so she, did she want you to convert? No, no. It wasn't okay. anything like that, but it Your was just... Your kids were going to have to be raised Muslim, I'm sure. Maybe, because her dad was pretty... He was pretty serious about it, but yeah. he also knew that I was very American. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he knew, you know, that I wasn't really going to do all that. But I think that it was going to have to be an understanding or some type of common ground on that but um anyway so after that and then i got with uh my ex who's puerto rican as well from you know new york rican i guess i'll say <laughs> new york rican side of the family um and the functions were pretty similar you know yeah. there was family there it was music and you know people shooting the shit and you know grilling out and stuff so i liked that it felt more more natural to me but mm -hmm. obviously this is during covid so i was never able to bring her around to like a Christmas farm. I mean, she went to, I think she went to one thing at my mom's, but mm -hmm. no pig roast or anything like that. So yeah. for me, it was important to be with somebody that comes from that mm -hmm. um, background. I, you know, the, my grandmother and my mom and <clears throat> all my, you know, great aunts and stuff like that. They're all real strong women. So they all know, and they're very nurturing. I mean, I was the only boy, so I yeah. got the nurturing from everybody, but spoiled. I just felt that <laughs> right. I was just like, well, this is, you know, if I ever had kids, I would want my kids to be raised this way. Or, mm -hmm. you know, if I ever got married, I would want my wife to be this way. Not in some type of alpha thing, but it was more of the nurturing and the caring and like the, 
um, the loyalty, maybe? right? The mm-hmm. loyalty about it. Mm-hmm. I think I think the loyalty is what I like about the Spanish culture the most because um, I have it myself. You know, there's just because you know Puerto Rican men and Latinos in general have a have a reputation for running around. Well, so does any culture. Okay, any culture has people that run around. Mm-hmm. Russians run around. <laughs> you know, Turkish people run around. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, but, yeah, that's more toxic masculinity in general, which does not have a specific race or ethnicity associated with it. That's just the patriarchy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just, I don't think I'm, I don't think I would ever date anybody that wasn't Latina. Mm-hmm. Um, seriously. Yeah. You know, I, I do have like, I've never been with a Mexican girl before, but you know, I, 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 it's going to sound so American to me to say this, but I like Mexican food, so I think it would be fine. <laughs> but what I mean by Mexican you love food... Pluma. I mean... <laughs> Grupo so, firme. Firme, yes. They go so hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I would do the... Like, you know, I would I would do whatever, you know? I don't know about like uh, Filipino or anything. No, nothing against you guys, but it's just the... I'm thinking about the cuisine. When I'm talking about all That's this so stuff, funny. I'm thinking about the food. I'm You're thinking hilarious. about like how the functions are going to be, how the family is going to be. And how the food's going to be. Not if, having to explain what arroz con gandules is, is, is nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that it's like a, you know, I know you hear sometimes you hear, you know, uh, people of color will be like, you know, our man or our, our woman, whatever, went out and got with a white man or mm-hmm. got with somebody else. The colonizers. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, you always hear the thing of like, oh, you couldn't find a. You couldn't find a good man in our in our mm-hmm. in our ethnicity. You couldn't find a good man on a good you know one of us, and uh, and I I guess I kind of see that, but I don't I don't feel that way when I see someone like if I you know for instance your friend Bianca right so Latina dating the Irish guy and stuff like that and I don't get like a weird DNA turnoff when I see that. No, they're crazy about each other and they're completely on the opposite spectrums of the culture. Right, and I mean it's like you know. I don't know what it would be like to be, um, you know, like it's like a black person and then and to to I feel like they have like it like means more to them, I guess. And I I mainly hear it from like the black women. I mean, I've heard it from Latinos, too. They're like, man, the the, you know, this dude is a a fine black man and he went out here and got with a, a snow bunny, you know, and it's. I don't know what that feels like for them, but I, I, I would assume it's a very primal thing where she's just like, you know, it just doesn't click for her DNA. Like, just like she would, you know, she would probably never be with a fucking white man either. Probably never be with a Latino. I've never had any black girls that were, that pursued me or, or whatever, but I've also never spent a lot of time around them either. You know, I didn't really, obviously didn't grow up with, with anybody. And then, you mm-hmm. know, when I came down here, it was always... You were just around Latinos. Yeah, I never really mingled. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do, obviously, with your environment and what what you grew up around, too, and kind of what you see in your family. Well, love like, is love. My ex, his whole family was, like, very diverse. Like, one of his uncles, Colombian, married to an Egyptian woman. Um, you know, there was just, like, a lot of different mixing, mm. whereas, for me, it was just very homogenous. So, um, you know, I think... There's nothing wrong with having a specific preference, right. right? I think, and at the end of the day, love is love. Like whoever you find it with, you might not even anticipate that that person that you end up with is going to be of that specific group. You just don't know. Right. I mean, you got to look at these, you know, the 90 day fiancés and, you know, they've got the, 
the funny clips of the airport terminal fucking that goes to Thailand and shit like that. And it's full of like middle-aged white dudes. It's hilarious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean that, that whole like foreign bride <laughs> thing is a real industry. I would love to do it just like as a documentary. I would love to just <laughs> go on there and be like an attractive younger guy because it's all older kind of unattractive men, to be honest, that are buying women. But to, to make myself a profile and then go on there and then document it just to see what kind of messages that you get. You know, I'd like some of these women would be like, this is too good to be true. This guy's fucking 31 <laughs> and he's like trying to get me over to the he's U.S. A serial killer. <laughs> could be. Could be. I like to target. <laughs> just don't. Don't even. <laughs> All right. All right. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think let's go ahead and hop into the conversation with Julia. We're going to find out more about the Chispa app. We're going to talk about like what makes dating in the Latino culture different than maybe other cultures and um, how they are creating this really cool space on the Internet for people who have a preference of dating Latino mm -hmm. to go and hang out at. Yep. Awesome, guys. Well, listen, make sure to go check out our sponsor, BetterHelp slash Corazon, right? And, uh, you know, that's we've been talking about that for a little while, but go over there and get that if you need somebody to talk to. And uh, we will see you guys next week's episode. And for that, enjoy the episode. Julia, welcome to the show. Excited to have you here. We're talking about an area of my life that is a little bit personal in the sense like I was part of this dating app scene and I actually have experience with the dating app that you helped create. So I can't wait to talk about this. But first off, let's do a quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Uh, awesome being here. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, my name is Julia Estacolchik or Julia. Um, I'm originally from Argentina. And I work at Match Group. I am a senior director of brand marketing for a group called Affinity Apps, where we develop, we create, and we market uh, apps that target different communities. And by communities, that can be race, ethnicity, culture, religious belief, etc. And um, my role specifically, specifically within that group is I'm the head of Chispa, the number one dating app for uh, Latinos in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I started at Match six years ago before we launched Chispa. And uh, it's one of those things where you uh, are in the right place at the right time. And I think that dose of luck is always needed and <laughs> you have to be there also and ready to use yeah. it. Not but uh, yes, that's a little bit of me. All right. So tell me more about your backstory. So when you were thinking about your career, you know, as an adolescent, what was the vision and how has that actually panned out? I think there are there have been very clear influences uh, in my career. I wasn't clear on what I wanted in terms of defining a role or a title, but I had this strong visions of where I wanted to see myself. I'm going to tell you a couple of them. Uh, my, in my family, there are a lot of psychologists and therapists, uh, mental health professionals. That's interesting, who, especially being Latina. That's not really like super common. I'm from Argentina. So in the 80s, that was very, very common. There are jokes mm. and songs about how many 
Argentinians became psychologists as a second career. Both my parents did that as a second uh, degree or career. Uh, my father was a dentist and my mom was a CPA. And then both after wow. their divorce, study psychology. <laughs> and I think um, it was always interesting to me to see how they found or wanted to found, find explanations to every behavior, every mistake that you made when you talk. Uh, every answer. And to me, that was always fascinating. And I knew I love that. And that's the part of consumer insights that I see now I brought to life in my career and in my domain. So I was always intrigued by that, not uh, to the point where I wanted to become a full-time therapist, but where I knew I wanted to do something that had some relationship to that and understanding human behavior. That's part of that. The second part is my uh, father was in a relationship for a very long time with someone, uh, with this lady who worked at an advertising agency and she was a producer. She was the head of production and I could see her doing this very glamorous, fun thing about like shooting commercials, traveling. So I also knew I liked that and the creative part that, uh, that appeared to have for me back then. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a second, a second one. And then the third one, I don't know if you ever watched uh, this movie uh, called Working Girl. Yeah. From like 30 years ago mm -hmm. or maybe more. <laughs> um, there's this uh, image, there are these images of her um, getting into an office, wearing a suit and a suitcase, big windows overlooking the city. And I had that like, oh my God, I kind of want that. Um, so those were, I think, some defining influences in the career choice I made. Um, in Argentina at the time, advertising was a very, very new career. There weren't a lot of schools that were teaching that. Uh, I found out that the, the advertising career also included um, classes in psychology and psychology relative to audiences and consumers. Mm -hmm. And again, I was always intrigued by that. So I was like, okay, maybe this is what I have to do. And, uh, and that's how I really went to school to study uh, advertising. Then I came to the US uh, on a two month trip on a vacation 29 years ago. And 29 years later, we are doing this podcast. <laughs> um, I came with my ex-boyfriend. I wanted to learn English. I asked for a leave of absence at my advertising agency, which was my job at the time, uh, as I was going to school. Uh, and then uh, life happened. Um, and I stay. I realized two months wasn't enough to learn English. Uh, but I think most importantly, what kept me here was the learning process. I was learning so much from the people I was meeting, people that had nothing to do with what my context was back home. And I realized all these people that initially would have nothing to do with me had so much to teach someone who came here without English, without knowing anyone, without money. Uh, so I just I really enjoy the process and the adventure. And, um, and then again, life happened and, and I landed a, a job at an advertising agency, this wonderful lady who had never met me. Uh, we only talk over the phone. She recommended me. So I did a lot of my professional career working at multicultural ad agencies that specialize in helping 
big brands and products um, connect with Hispanic audiences, multicultural in general, but primarily was US, US Hispanic. Yeah. So I have worked with fantastic brands and fantastic products throughout my career uh, before I uh, started my role uh, with Gspad Match. Got it. Okay. That's a pretty interesting career trajectory. And I think it's reflective of uh, an experience that a lot of Latinas have, right? Especially if you're the first one in your family to, you know, pursue the American dream and all these things, it can feel very much like you are a fish out of water. And um, I think a lot of what we don't necessarily realize but that has a big influence on us is the people that we meet, right? The networking, the opportunities that you get just from talking to people. And I think it's very much like dating, right? It's like you never know what you're going to connect on with somebody until you start sharing your experiences and your stories. So I think it's almost um, it's almost a little ironic that you ended up in this realm now where, you know, you I, basically I built in, your I, career I, and connections. I believe in human connection. Uh, if it wasn't for the people that I met, Along the way, I wouldn't have been able to have the job I have right now, the network I have right now. I truly believe in the power of paying attention and taking advantage of the moments and the people and the opportunities, even if they don't present themselves as formal opportunities. Mm. These people at the beginning of my life in the US, like you said, I had no one. they taught me basic survival skills. Um, what more profound uh, and life-changing than that? And, and I absolutely believe I wouldn't be the person I am today without that immigrant experience. Yeah. Um, to your point, I think feeling like fish out of the water happens to so many of us for different reasons, so many of us Latinas. Uh, U.S. Latinas for different reasons, whether that's skin color, accent, uh, language, choices, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. language, I, I personal, professional decisions that we make. Yeah, we are going to be judged by some people for certain things, by others for other things, and. It's hard not to let that influence your mm-hmm. life. Um, but I think that at some point you have to realize how rich, you know, your your offering is and, and your experiences and how much you can impact a business, an organization, people, a team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I have a question because I deal with a lot of people who are interested in starting businesses, right? And primarily people of color. And what I find is that there is this perception where if you are marketing to a specific group, right, let's say Latinos, that you are creating a business that is intentionally going to stay small or that you're creating a business that is going to make others feel isolated. What is your opinion on leaning headfirst with the cultural identity that you want to serve? I think it has to start before that. It has to start with what is the need that this product comes to solve. Sometimes we have human needs and Latinos have many of the same human needs that Afro 
uh, or the African community or the black community or the Asian community or the Jewish community or the Christian community. So I think generally you have to determine why you are creating this product, what need you're trying to solve and who this product can benefit the most. Sometimes you are going to arrive to a demographic definition. This product will help the most people who are 18 to 34, people who live in urban areas, people who are married, people who have kids, people who are... So there's a, a lot of definitions that you will be able to... Like, who is your persona? So I don't think it departs from... I want to have a product that I will market to Latinos. It starts with your product idea and with your brand and who your brand is going to represent and what needs your products are going, is going to solve. So then you start adding layers to this persona, psychographic layers. This is a person who's a go-getter. This is an introvert. This is a social butterfly. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a driven woman, and so you start adding these other layers, but I think the process needs to be thought out in the in starting from you can't push a product to users who don't have a need or are not thinking about it. Yes, it's true that nowadays there is a market for pretty much anything and everything because there's a lot more opportunities to tailor products and messages to specific audiences. Uh, but I think um, it's important, um, Tennis, to your point is you don't define that just looking at your audience is the relationship between your product and the audience mm -hmm. that should determine that. Now, if you ask me if you're limiting this to Latinos or not, or multicultural audiences or not, is there a need for your product in the mainstream or to other communities? Is there enough value in your product for the Latino community or the multicultural community where you can have a successful business without necessarily trying to market things to audiences that are not needing them. And so there's a, the fundamentals of marketing that I think apply regardless of the audience, but that will help you define an audience um, mm -hmm. for your business. Yeah, I, I love that insight. It really is 
um, what is, who are you helping and why should be the forefront of what you're answering? The purpose, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, people don't need stuff. Sometimes you can create a need and, and that's a valid approach too, but it needs to come from a genuine intent of solving whatever white space you're seeing. Yeah. Okay. So when I was in my dating phase earlier this year, Mm -hmm. G-Spot was one of the apps that I downloaded and it was specifically because I typically exclusively date Latino men. And so when I was looking at the other options that are out there, you know, things like Bumble or Hinge or Tinder, I not only heard a lot of like horror stories, which we won't get into from just other people who are <laughs> using the app, but it, it also just felt like it was trying to cast a much wider net. Whereas Chispa was like, this is the dating app for Latinos. So like, I don't have to question if I'm going to find Latino men on this app, right? It just made logical sense. So when you guys were thinking about creating this app, what were those deficiencies that you saw in the existing marketplace when it came to other dating apps? And how have you built in a difference with, with Chispa? I necessarily believe we see these things as deficiencies rather than there is a desire to date within a specific group. Mm. So, you know, Latinos, we have been fighting for generations to belong, to be accepted, to have the rights and access to the choices everyone else has. So our message should never be, you should only use Chispa. You should use any other app, and that's the advantage of our category, two people use many uh, dating apps at the same time, three, four, five at the same time. So there isn't like, oh, if you're buying my car brand this week, you're not buying another one next week. Yeah. There is, everybody <laughs> can be on there. And so um, I think the, the promise with a product like this, first of all, is we're gonna, like you said, help you meet people who can connect with you at a level that for you is important. The same could be, we have a general Christian app. It could be for you, faith could be important. And so you may be on these other apps you mentioned, but you're also like, okay, this will help me without that first thing that for you is really, really important, which is you only date Latinos, whatever the, your reasons are. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously reasons we believe in, otherwise we wouldn't have a Latino dating app, um, right. but we absolutely believe in the power of connecting through your roots and your culture and your experiences as a bicultural person, as a bicultural Latino. So we absolutely believe there is power in creating connections based on that. Yep. But I think, um, that starts from. First of all, is there an opportunity? Do Latinos or any other group have a desire to meet people within their same group? And so what we do is we do a lot of market analysis to understand how many other groups exist, how many, how much conversation there are about Latinos wanting to meet other Latinos. This could be groups in any other platform that exists, blogs, but really how much there is out there that tells us in addition to obviously there are enough single Latinos uh, and, and obviously there's an opportunity there. There's also not another dating app uh, at the time marketing actively uh, to U.S. Latinos or being designed for U.S. Latinos, I should say. Um, so I think 
it starts from seeing that opportunity, but also understanding that there is a market. There, there are already people who would be interested in dating or meeting people uh, within their own affinity group. So it's not really a deficiency, but rather, okay, here's an opportunity. All these people could be using mainstream apps, but also for many of them, it may be a really important thing to connect with others who have the same roots or share similar roots. So as part of that, um, and then um, how do we think about it differently? And so then you start thinking about your dating journey as a Latino. What are things that could tell our users, our community that we are made for them? And that can include, you know, wings relative to humor. The first thing that we ever did in terms of the product, we launch already with the ability to show your roots, to show flags, to show more than one, because many in our community are either American, Mexican-American, Salvadorian-American, but we also have Dominican-Cuban, Puerto Rican-Cuban, Puerto Rican-Dominican. We have so many people who are uh, from two roots and consider themselves proud of that. And so that was very unique for the app. But then the first thing we did that was really, I think, change the way we look at this and our opportunities was our partnership with the Tragos game, mm. where we adapted um, all the questions in the game and created new ones so that people could answer that as part of their profiles. And so if I was looking at your profile, I could see if you and I answer the questions the same way. And so I could tell if our experience asked by cultural Latinos was similar, and maybe that could be a conversation starter. Yeah. And so we started looking for not just tone and relevant messaging, but also relevant partners and relevant organizations that could make it very clear to our community that everything we are doing is going to be driven by what's important to the community, what's meaningful to the community. Now that says our community is also American, is this 200%, right? So there are things that are relevant to us as humans, and we also include them. For example, if you look at our stickers or our prompts in the app, you'll see that we have many that are culturally relevant, the, you know, Orchata Life, uh, Tim Corn Over Flower, uh, Bad Bunny Fan, we have all those, but we also have things like spiritual, transgender, um, non-binary, outdoorsy. And so we have, we try to be a good reflection and a good representation of our true biculturalism, the people who are really the aquí y de allá. Yeah. And I don't think there were any other apps with that understanding, with that sensitivity and that passion to be a true reflection of the, the diversity of our community. Yeah, I absolutely can agree as a user. I felt like this was a space where I could lean into my heritage in a way that I just didn't even feel I had the tools to do on other apps, you know? So I thought that was a very cool approach. I'm curious, you know, when you're launching a new dating app, like how do you even start marketing this? I, I don't really see commercials for these things. So like how do people start finding out about these apps? Um, I think um, dating apps are probably slightly different than many most. 
categories uh, in terms of you're really marketing a community. So it's hard to go and say, hey, come to TISPA if there's no one on TISPA. Right. <laughs> and so the first process uh, for any social app is what we call seeding the community, meaning we will bring people in before we start any brand marketing. So there are tools that you can use to do this through performance marketing, um, through waiting lists, sign up, and be told. We also have many other apps and dating products that we knew had many Latinos for whom uh, it would be important or interesting to know that we were launching this product. So we could also source from there. So the first thing, dating app again, is a different category than building another business. Another, But it would be, uh, I think, a similar approach to what you would do, for example, with pre-orders, where you are trying to first get your order in your confirmation before you actually have inventory sitting there and waiting. And so I think it's a little bit of you try to first go through a pre-order round of users uh, and then you source again. You don't go and launch a dating app big and like to everybody without already having built a community in the app because if you go to the app and there are not enough people, it's not really that fun. <laughs> yes, it's very true. It's like walking into a bar and there's two people sitting at the bar. You're like, what are, Ex what are we going to do here? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, that is uh, the what we call, you know, liquidity of people uh, coming in the app. This is one of those things where coming every day matters, matters for the experience and matters for everybody in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how does one join the Chispa app? Is it a matter of, you know, downloading it, creating your profile? What's that look like? So, yes, you download it for free. The app has a freemium model like that. You would know for YouTube or Spotify or any music platform or many of the streaming platforms as well, where our basic services, meaning swiping, looking for profiles, creating. So you would use your phone number and your email to create your account. And again, that would be a basic account that will allow you to swipe through profiles. It will allow you to match with people who have or will uh, swipe right on you as well. It allows for messaging as well. And so that's our basic service. Then we have a couple of subscription services. Uh, one of them is a premium service that allows you to skip the advertising in the app and that allows you to rewind in case you gave somebody a left, but you were too quick and <laughs> the image got stuck in your head and you're having second thoughts, uh, allowing to rewind is going back in somebody that you may have skipped. Um, and it allows you a certain uh, number of what we call consumables or a la carte products, which are boosting your profile, which is making your profile more visible, or our super chispas, which in other apps are called super likes. Mm. So the other person will see that you already gave them a like. Um, and so it increases your chances of matching with somebody, of connecting. And then we have a, another level of subscription that's our elite uh, level, which offers all the services that premium has, 
um, in addition to the ability to see who already swipe right mm. on you, which is our most popular service. That's the one everybody wants because everybody wants to know uh, who I may imagine that's already there, that's already decided to swipe right on you. And so, um, so yeah, so obviously these things, the more time you invest in them, the higher uh, your chances of succeeding. So spending time creating a good profile, using the tools that we are giving. We have tons of filters that can help you self-identify. Are you looking to have kids? What relationship intent do you have? Are you looking for serious, for casual, for a friendship? Do you smoke? Uh, you know, and so we have a bunch of filters. Yeah. We have a bunch of stickers for self-identification. We have written prompts and we also have voice prompts to kind of let that person hear a little bit uh, of your vibe. I like uh, that. That's so a, we, that's we a personal a, touch. Yeah. And obviously our photos uh, now uh, recently we launched the ability to actually make your profile verified. So asking people to take a picture in real time and upload it so that they'll get the verified badge to make sure we continue with the work that we do all the time to prevent scams or anything like that or fake profiles. And so, um, and so, yes, yeah, so I think it's one of those things where, like you said, you have to be open. Like we said at the beginning of this conversation, you don't know if you don't swipe, you mm -hmm. don't know if you don't judge, you don't know until you try, right? Uh, it's, uh, somebody gave me this analogy for a different situation years ago around watering your plants or the seeds that you plant. Not always they're going to grow, but if you don't water them, chances are they will not grow. Yeah. So you actually have to water them. Some may grow, some will not grow, uh, but the if you don't water them, 100% of them will not grow. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I think for dating is also the thing is giving yourself, there's this line that I heard much uh, years ago that said, um, look for reasons to say yes. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of the no buts, right? And so, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. Tell me about the name. How did you guys come up with the name Chispa and what does it mean? Um, I think Chispa is a wonderful representation of so many things. It's a very charged name. Uh, there was a name exploration we did. There were other names that we considered, but obviously you want the, the short, the cheeky, the one that will. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's ownable. Torap, uh, being in Spanish, gave us that too. Chispa means spark in the literal sense. And I think it talks about the spark that happens between two people when, when you like somebody. And when you like somebody, I don't mean necessarily a romantic relationship. Sometimes you meet a new friend and you immediately click and you're like, I know we're going to be friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so yep. there's a thing that click, like, I know I'm going to want to see this person again. And so that's a spark that happened between two people when you connect that chemistry. Right? So that's chispa. It's also that chispa that we as Latino have in general, you know, the, the, the spark, the energy, the mm-hmm. passion, just as individual, but also as a community, we are also a very sparky community. We are loud, we dance at any occasion, we sing at any occasion, we make everything a big celebration. Meeting your parents can be a 17 people dinner <laughs> uh, with the entire family. Uh, and so I think Chispa is a good representation of who we are as a community, of who we are as individuals, what's on our DNA, uh, and the relationship aspect, which obviously is important in our category. So what a perfect name, I think, uh, the team found uh, and, and, you know, short and, and very ownable. Um, so yes, that's yeah. uh, how we came up with it. I love the name and I, I just really love seeing more and more companies leaning into showing up for our community, right? Because I feel like for so long, like you mentioned, we kind of had to find our place. We've had to, you know, just kind of accept what's out there and then find our spot in there. Whereas now it feels like a lot more companies are really, understanding the value of talking to us directly and creating products that we really connect with on a different level. And I think it's because they've realized how loyal Latino consumers are in general. You know, I think about, you know, once my mom is hooked on a brand, like that's the brand for her, you know, there's, it's gonna be, mm-hmm. you're going to have a very hard time convincing her to change her mind when she's had a good experience with that. And I find that is the case with a lot of Latino consumers. I think that's right. And I think, I mean, I think younger generations are a bit more, exploratory. Um, but I, I think what you say is absolutely right in terms of loyalty, but also I think in our community, word of mouth, it's a really powerful marketing channel and, and one you want to be very mindful. And because again, the friends recommendations, the family recommendations are 
extremely powerful in our community. And so we are very influential people within our community and our recommendations, but we also happen to be very influential people outside of our community. We have influence food and, and fashion and culture and in in flavor profiles, etc. So uh you know the power of touching somebody's life and for that to have this ripple effect. Uh you can never quantify enough the value of each person that's speaking positively uh, about you and your brand. So absolutely um, and, and and to your point about celebrating the community and doing things I think in my journey which is but even though I dedicated most of my career to this consumer, this group, uh, this has been a completely different role. And the amount of people I've met, business owners, entrepreneurs, founders, creators that we have worked with and partnered with, which is from Millennial Loteria, Chingona Inc., The Bloomy, Tragos, Ugly Primo, like the, the amount of incredibly talented and brave Latino entrepreneurs that have created a business based on their culture, highlighting their culture and, and succeeding because they are Latinos, not in spite of mm -hmm. being Latinos. And so it's just so inspiring. I don't think I saw this a couple of decades ago and it's, uh, it's wonderful to see all these people honoring their roots and creating successful businesses that their community supports. Yeah. Yeah. It's a brilliant time to be a Latino entrepreneur and uh, I'm excited to continue to watch the journey for Chispa. What is next on the horizon? We have a new brand campaign that will be launching soon. You're getting a preview news from me because we haven't announced it yet. But um, we have a new brand campaign that I'm extremely excited about. It's our first big brand campaign, and it's really leaning on this fact that we are Latinos, we love our roots, but there's so much more to us than just being Latinos. We are mm -hmm. humans, mm. and we have to talk to the full 200% of our identities, not just go all the way stereotypical just because that's what we know. Like we're talking about people, if we're talking about most 18 to 34, which are the majority of Chispa users, uh, this group has been primarily born or raised, born and raised in the US. Mm -hmm. They are very American as well. Yeah. So in relationships, our culture and identity is important and we have a two sides to our identity and it's important that we celebrate both of them. And so our new brand campaign, uh, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that. So that should come back, uh, come out towards the end of the month or early November. And we have a few really cool group of people that have participated in this brand campaign. So looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, we have a new set of stickers in the app that are also coming up to honor that. We just launched a new collection a couple of weeks ago to honor Hispanic Heritage Month. That is so awesome. And it's inspired in what our users told us. We survey our users and we ask them, what, of your, what part of your roots make you you? 
And mm-hmm. they told us, I'm extra welcoming, I love my, my Playita vibes, etc. And so we created a whole collection on that. But we have a new coming out. We're going to uh, take over um, some areas, some exciting areas, um, hopefully in Miami soon uh, with some fun out of home. So we are doing a new brand campaign. Uh, but in addition to that, we are very focused. I'm not sure if you know, around our community efforts. So we've done a lot around this year around uh, financial literacy, uh, different partnerships. Um, and we also done a lot this year around um, emotional well-being and emotional wellness. So we partnered with different people, different spokespeople, created content around self-care, emotional wellness, um, body acceptance, uh, self-love, um, mindfulness, etc. And so we will continue our community efforts next year. Um, we have an advisory council um, that is formed by some amazing activists in the community, people who have made a difference, a huge difference and continue to do in their communities or in our community, I should say. And so we have a, already our regroup scheduled with them to look into next year, but definitely the two areas um, that we will be looking to activate as strongly as we did this year uh, for our community efforts will be political representation because it's a, a an, an election year. year. Yeah. So we absolutely uh, look forward to continuing our partnership with Voto Latino to register Latinos to vote. And the other area for us that will be important to highlight next year will be education, mm-hmm. uh, formal and informal. And so we will be looking at um, partners and organizations um, to create uh, some tools and some resources uh, to help advance the community. And that's everything that you know we do around just support for the community and impacting uh, our people beyond dating because mm. if you're not well emotionally it's hard to find a significant other if you're yes. not well financially it's hard to have a healthy relationship so there are many things that may impact your ability to find a romantic relationship or make a meaningful connection so we try to make sure we also have a role there uh, and help amplify uh, voices we just launched this week an effort around Latina Equal Pay Day. And I'm incredibly proud we were able to do something like that as a brand. Yeah. Uh, we were just featured on an industry magazine and marketing uh, magazine. And the reporter told me this is the first time I get a pitch from a brand that is actually talking about Latina Equal Pay Day. Wow. And so it's wonderful to see that we are able to do it and hopefully uh, it imp- inspire other brands and other people to talk about it. Uh, these are all important subjects. I absolutely love that multifaceted approach that you're taking. And I can't help but think that it's because there's an incredible Latina like yourself at the you know, head of this, um, that, that, that is actually the approach that's being taken. You know, I think it's one thing to, you know, have a group of people identify that there's a market need, but I think when you have that personal connection with the community and you can really speak to it from that first person lens, you can really serve in a way that is super authentic. And so I can see that y'all are doing that. And I'm so excited for your continued success. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And we will link all of the uh, resources that we talked about. You can go ahead and download the Chispa app. 
go on there, um, you know, and tell your primas, tell whoever has been looking for somebody, you know, there's options out here, girl. So all you got to do is download this app. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.